All right, Pomplamoose, you have the floor. Good evening, peasantry, and welcome back to another episode of the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club, the most esteemed gentleman from the side of any known surface in the world. I am, of course, your horse lord. Not horse, the horse is something we ride on. <laughs> <laughs> your horseful lord, Sir Pomplamoose, and joining me today is, of course, the very fair Rapunzelot. Oh, you, you, you're quite home like a horse, uh, Pompadouche. Yes, yes, yes. I, I try to be. It, it's very hard to do this accent, too. I, I need to try to do it more. <clears throat> uh, of course, so, Dungeon of Lingerie. Good evening. Uh, a new gentleman that is joining us, the Master of Hands, and ladies, you definitely want to know, Lord Harry of Palm is joining <laughs> us this evening. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. And joining us later is going to be, uh, I don't, I don't know if he has a rank yet. We'll have to give him one later. But uh, Christoph comes a lot. Will be joining us, my cousin. Oh, see, Christoph comes a lot. So, lovely, lovely. It's been a while since we podcasted. Wait. So we, we we rounded up a group and we're we're doing it. Nice. Damn straight. Let the game begin. Exactly. So right off the bat, I uh, I just. I thought that we could we could take a moment to talk about something that nobody really likes to talk about, but politics, because there there seems to be some interesting things coming up, and it could lead to several directions of conversation. All right. So, pick first. Where should we go, Canadian or American? I would rather talk American. American politics. Okay. So one. Those black things are so small. How do you pull them? What? How do you pull a tick? <laughs> oh, for, for oh. politics? Or did that joke just go way over my head? <laughs> politics. Uh, politi- oh, I get it now. That was really bad. That was really bad. <laughs> and we've reached the bottom of the barrel. Already this far. <laughs> Come on. I, I got it. can you. only go up from here. <laughs> so you guys have an election coming up down in the States. You've got a lot of fine candidates running, but you've got this one man that's running who is more or less a celebrity, but seems to be causing a big stir in the uh, in the American political world, and that is, of course, Donald Trump. Yes? Do you think this guy's got any landmark? Because it seems like when it comes to his his platform, he's, he's gaining a lot of momentum because he's being honest, he doesn't take any bullshit, and then he's not really backed by anybody because he has his own money. Well, do you remember... Uh... I, and I don't know it exactly true. I bet Palmer could help us out a lot here. But Truman, was Truman not a lot like that, where everybody was scared to death when he took over? And it landed up being one of the better presidents that the U.S. had? I, I, I know people were afraid of him, but it's, it's uh, he, he at least had some political know-how. Um, this is... Uh, I just see Trump as a repeat of 92 with Perot with like, you know, uh, I have my million dollars. I'm fine. Yeah. You, don't worry. Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what people at work were saying is, you know, like, look back at how Truman was perceived. Um, I, I believe he was the vice president of, of Kennedy, right? Um, wrong. He was vice president of, oh, I can't remember. Say I'm not from the U.S., so I never took American history, but I'm learning as I hear it from other people. Uh, no, but I, I, something happened to that president, and he and 
uh, everybody you're, was scared. You're thinking of Gerald Ford. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, you guys keep talking. I will let this up. I, bastardize this. <laughs> I, I guess the whole thing is with with Trump. Um, I see it as like the biggest potential train wreck um, to ever have hit American politics. Uh, I don't. I don't actually think he's going to um, win. Um, although that'll all depend on who he's running against. But he appears to be. Um, a larger-than-life figure that, um, you know, people are, you know, more people are going to his rallies and more people are giving him money, but they're giving it to Trump the superstar or the celebrity, so to speak, and not to Trump the politician. And if you think, or if people in general think it's hard for the Democratic elected um, or the Republican elected president to get stuff done in a um, opposite Congress or, um, you know, this would be uh, even harder because I don't think he's going to be the first president to quit. Let's put it that way. I I think he'd be overwhelmed by the job um, because uh, contrary to his own popular stated belief, the country's not a business. Um, and I think he's a little out of his league. Well, you know, I got, I got to say, I, I, you know, if I was an American citizen, I don't think I'd be voting for Trump, but he is doing something where he is speaking very plainly. He's trying to oversimplify things. And being out of his league or not, I have a feeling that... If he were to be elected, he would have enough people around him supporting him uh, politically that he would be able to continue the job. I just don't see his personality stepping away and saying, ah, screw it, that's it, I made a mistake. I I just couldn't imagine that happening. And another issue, like like you say, that that may work. The business side may work, but you also have the people of the United States that you're taking care of, and to sit there and say the things he has about different racial people tells you what is he going to do when he's in office, right? I mean, we this country is made up of many many different nationalities. It isn't just white Caucasians, and to to go in and say the things he has said and address some of the uh, people that are you know, Hispanic or whatever, almost like racial slurs, it, it's not good, right? Like, why would, I just don't understand why he doesn't in the first place. Well, because he, he's got, I mean, in this, to, to Doug's point about surrounding himself with smart people, he's got smart people running his campaign. He just doesn't listen to them. And that's why he says these things. Well, he's never listened to anybody in his whole life. So why start? <laughs> I, I just find it hard to believe that he is truly a loose cannon in that respect. I, I I mean, I'm not an advocate of what he stands for. I really don't even like him as a celebrity. But I also find that a man in his position 
there is probably very little that is ever done that is not orchestrated to some extent. I mean, I, I just find it hard to conceive that some of the gaffes that he's made have not been maybe staged and premeditated for the sake of the the publicity. Yeah. And, and and quite frankly, he's a very big believer of, you know, any publicity at any cost is good. Get your name on people's lips. And if you can be a polarizing factor, sometimes that's all it takes. Uh, uh, You know, in my heart of hearts, I really hope he doesn't become president, but uh, being an outsider, I, I can certainly see there's method to his madness. Well, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say you. Uh, you know, one of the one of the scary things about it is, um, you know, just like um, Obama engendered uh, an entire generation to vote that hadn't really gotten. Uh, necessarily out to the polls before uh, Trump has that ability um, at bringing his celebrity to it because he was a celebrity before the politician. Whereas, you know, in retrospect, you look at Bill Clinton as a celebrity because he was a politician. Right. And and that could definitely change. Some and things. look at uh, Reagan. I mean, a lot of yeah. people said Reagan would never be you know, he's an actor. Who's going to vote for an actor? Well, <laughs> well, he, uh, he lasted quite a while. I've been saying that, you know, it's time that we do get someone who's hard-ass about the economy of this country because if we don't do something about the debt and the deficits that these governments have been running, there will be no country left in a hundred years. We really, you know, and it and the problem is, is, is no one wants to vote for someone who's going to raise taxes or someone that's going to start scrutinizing, you know, the deficit and try and drive down the debt because it's going to cost us money. But in the long-term scheme of things, that's the right thing to do, right? We well, have to get the economy under control. Yeah, and, and I guess the whole uh, argument to uh, Trump getting the economy, lack of a better word, fixed is how do you fix it? Uh, you know, from the, I, I think he's going to take the top, the, the top down approach, um, fixing it with business first and then hoping it trickles down where I think someone like, say, uh, Bernie Sanders would, um, you know, try and fix it from the bottom up. Uh, but, you know, that, the, the other side of that coin is I don't trust Trump, I, I listen. You can't argue with his business acumen and what he might be able to do for the economy, but I don't trust his foreign policy. Um, to sit in a room with another diplomat and hold his tongue because it's the right thing to do at that time. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we may end up spending uh, five times more on defense just because we're <laughs> There's like an economic driver, right? But I think he's playing on the fact that I believe there's a lot of people who feel that, you know, maybe 
it's time for some old-fashioned, hard-ass governance. Like it used to be in the old days, you know, where we didn't take shit, where we stood up for what we believed. We didn't get watered down by anything else. And, you know, it's not necessarily the reality of today, but that is the brand he's selling. And I, there is a very good possibility that is palatable to a large chunk of the population who's, you know, they've tried the rest, right? They've tried the gentler, softer approach. They've tried the hardline approach to a certain extent. Now, here's someone who's offering a approach that is very reminiscent, like you were talking about before, of the old days of, you know, where where a president stood up and uh, this is the wrong turn of phrase, but, you know, called a spade a spade or 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 stood up and said, well, this this is how we're going to proceed and damn you all. Uh, again, I'm not saying this is the right approach, but I think there's a lot of people who may be very sympathetic to that approach because it's it's something that hasn't been tried in a long time. Well, at, and Sanders is probably the next. In, it, it's it's odd that this happens at the same time mm. because uh, Bernie Sanders has time and time again gone on record and said something. Um, for the sake of being correct, that meh, maybe not. Um, it's just uh, two completely different approaches, and you know, it's one of those. Um, you know, if a D level D level celebrity stands in the room with an A level celebrity, well, nobody recognizes the D level celebrity. Well, Sanders can be telling the truth more than any other politician in the history of of you know, politicking, but because, uh, Trump is on the scene and his mouth knows no bounds, right or wrong, irregardless of honest, you know, Sanders is just another politician mm. by comparison. Isn't there a lot of safeguards like in the Senate and that, that, I mean, he couldn't do anything stupid to the country. It's more like what you said and in, in pissing off other countries or <laughs> saying something very bad that, you know, all of a sudden we've got people hating us. But from our country or U.S. in general, he couldn't he couldn't implement or do anything stupid, right? Because everything has to pass. Yeah, I mean, the checks and balances that exist right now basically mean that we are no longer electing a president like you know, Lincoln and JFK, um, <laughs> and, 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 and the Roosevelt's where the president means something and can do something. Um, and, and I don't exactly know when it started, but we're basically electing a prime minister here because, yeah. um, the American people as a whole can't get a grasp on the big picture so that when we vote in a democratic president, we, two years later, when things are starting to get rolling, we vote in a Republican Congress. And then when we vote in a Republican president, two years later, we vote in a Democratic Congress. Yeah. And we've essentially created this, um, stalemate stasis I where, at, you know, at, 
<laughs> we'll never. I don't think in my lifetime, without drastic change, you'll see a. Uh, you know, and I could be wrong, but I just don't think we'll see a Republican in the White House and a Congress that is, you know, of the same party. Yeah, yeah. it'll always switch up. No, you're. I think you're right. You're off quiet, Dave. What do you think? You started this rant. <laughs> It's because I like to talk to people about it because I, I know so little about politics. So it, it it's nice to get, like, an opinions and educate me almost on it, if that makes any sense. Well, you guys have surprised me with my own, I guess, knowledge. I, this is only what I know from basically Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I followed uh, politics in, in high school and college and... Uh, even worked on a few campaigns here and there up through, um, uh, the, uh, two, the election of 2000. And then, um, that's when I took the step back and went, is this really working? And is it really worth the time and effort? And I, I just kind of fell out of it. I, I mean, I hear things, but I, I don't really follow it anymore because, you know, I, I realized, you know, we, we, we crave the chaos of the two party system by splitting the power and the decision makers every time based on our two party stuff. I mean, it would be very interesting to see what would happen if, uh, Trump doesn't get the candidacy and ran as a third party. I think that, that might pique my interest a little bit more. Right. No. Well, he also he pulls out. He's taking all his votes with him, right? Like oh he, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't join. So pull out. That's that unusual. doesn't sound very Isn't manly. It? No, not at all. <laughs> well, isn't he the leading candidate though? I say, uh, I believe so. I don't know. Uh, uh, he's he's the leading Republican nominee at the moment. But to be honest, I couldn't name you another Republican nominee. And then who's who's going forward on the Democrat side? Is it Clinton? That's Clinton and Sanders are, uh, depending on who says what and where, they go back and forth. So, what do you think about Hillary? Do you think do you think having a woman president would be the next big thing for America? I don't think it means it's a big thing. Um, would you think that she would get a lot of, like, let's say she did win, would she not lean on? her husband more no. i don't think so i i don't i don't think so although i tell you what first husband i, I don't know what he would be called first <laughs> first first man bill Clinton, the first dude I, I, he would I, be I, like kid in a candy store in the white house boy, I, oh boy, I, oh boy. <laughs> <where's> secretary <laughs> i i would vote for first man bill clinton before i would vote for president hillary and and that's just because i uh, that guy is unto himself on a completely different level absolutely now what what is the appetite for the average voter in the u.s like are there there large voter turnouts is it uh apathetic it's it's apathetic. I mean the the the, the two thousand and eight campaign that got Obama elected was like the biggest voter turnout in the in, 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 in recent history and 
to show you how apathetic we are, we voted him in, and it was historic. And for his re-election campaign, it went back down to normal. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, or maybe slightly above normal, but it, it went back down. So um, I don't know if Hillary can ride being the first woman um, after we've already done something historic. I think it's kind of like, oh, well, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, and that, that apathy is North American wide. And it, it's one thing I try and tell my kids, above all else, when you are voting age, that is your priority. Make sure you understand what's going on around you and get out and vote. Even if you don't know who to vote for exactly, or if you think they're all jerks, pick the lesser of all the evils. Just make sure that you vote. Because there there are too many countries that have lost the right to vote because of not apathy necessarily, but because of the fact that, you know, they're told if you vote, you're dead. And uh, I think it, it it's one of those hot buttons for me when someone says, oh, I'm not going to vote on purpose. I'm just like. What are you thinking? You know. Well, I, I do uh, think you, you you answered your own question to some extent because a lot of the informed voters who stay home on election day is because we're voting the lesser of two evils. Right. You know, you're not voting for someone you believe in. You're voting because you believe in that guy a little bit less. Right. Yeah, I just uh, want to. For a sec, did we get uh, Sir Christoph of Comes a Lot? Did he join? Yes, I'm Hey, Chris. Oh, all, right. all right. Just wanted nice to make. Nice to meet you, gentlemen. Well met. So, uh, mm, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Fish posh and all that crap. Uh, so, we've got uh, Pumps a Lot. No, sorry. Pump a Less. We need Pumps a Less. We've got Douche of Lingerie, and we've got Lord, Lord Harry of Palm. <laughs> or most people know him as Agent Palmer. There it is. Who is one of my biggest podcast fans? Yes, very good gentleman. And we are talking. We are talking politics, yes. Chris. We're currently about the American side with the upcoming presidency. We talked about Trump, and now we're talking about Hillary and possibly having a lady in the White House and maybe a first man. Oh, fantastic! That's yeah, so a first man. Mm. That guy. A grin from ear to ear. He'd be uh, just saying he'd be like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, but store, he, like. he's so been there, done that. He's you know he yeah. ran the gamut. Would, he had it all. Would, would you stop, or would you now say she's off somewhere? I'll be doing. I, I think he had to stop after she forgave him, and nothing really happened. Yeah, she ever forgave him, but I think they just sleep in separate beds, and he's still doing those. <laughs> girls to this day and smoking his cigars and dipping them wherever he feels good for him the smartest thing hillary could ever do is hide him at camp david for her entire stay (laughs) now bill you have some toys here i've laid out some cigars (laughs) but make sure he writes her speeches yeah you just sit there at this desk you write my speeches look over everything and stay out of the way and i'll make sure you have a humidor full I'll actually give you a walk-in humidor and <laughs> and a list of girls at your beck. 
and just stay here. Yeah, just yes. stay. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, she's. But you were you were talking about uh people not voting. Yeah, Doug, and this will actually be my first year voting because I've never voted. Ever. Right. Damn you. And why have you never right? voted? Uh, well, I, I brought this up before, but I've never, I've never been educated enough to where I thought that putting my vote forward would almost, would almost be a, like a wrong course instead of knowing what I was voting for. So I just decided not to, and then I basically just don't complain about politics. Right. But, but why did you never take the initiative to find out what the candidates were about? Because po- politics, in reality, just doesn't. Well, it, it, it's. I'm starting to kind of get more into it, but it just doesn't really interest me. Plus. Plus, like Canadian politics is like, is is like playing the loot as opposed to like you know being a rock star down in the states. Oh, I agree. I know way more about what's going on in America right now. What what's our Canadian election? It's in two weeks. Yeah, and I'm still scrambling to try and figure out what I'm gonna do and what you know. Ask me anything about American politics, and I could tell you ten different things about each each guy that's running in the preliminaries. But did you ever afterwards, Dave? grumble under your breath that you knew that person that got in was going to do this or knew that it wasn't going to be a good thing and so you should have gone and voted for the other person no because like for me when it comes to politics and stuff like things just happen like they happen as they happen and most of it you can't control. you see well, and that's anyways so you never know what the hell they're saying is what's really going to happen anyways they've got a whole bunch of shit up their sleeves with all their backers and people with their like they get their they get their palms lined, and not with hair. Sorry, Lord Harry. <laughs> no, it it's true. I I mean, and frankly, I can only speak for Canada. But in Canada, it really doesn't matter who you vote for; they're all going to toe the same line eventually. There, a lot of them are are previous lawyers, and I'm sorry to any lawyers who may actually listen to us, but we're screw you. Um, they're <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know what they say? They say ninety-eight percent of all lawyers make the rest of us look. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I just find that ultimately, no matter what is promised going forward into an election, once they reach political office, they're uh, less than spectacular, and you know. Uh, regardless of what your politics are, some politicians become a lot more aggressive once they take office, and others just sort of fade away. So I understand where you're coming from, David, where, you know, the the thought that no matter who you vote for, it's not going to matter, and maybe you're not up on, on who knows what or who does what, so you don't want to just throw your vote around but i gotta tell you as people that is one of the only powers that we have so once they get in office well we're pretty much screwed no matter what we do but at very least we do have the power to make sure that hey you're not getting in office for whatever reason that's that's about the only power we have so don't give it up Ever. I mean, I wish I could vote, but I can't until I become a U.S. citizen. But um, because I can't, not that I don't want to, I still bitch. Because I would if I could. 
but that's my right to vote once I get it, like, come U.S. citizen. I could vote. Can you, not, can you not still vote in the Canadian election? Yeah, I could. Well, well why I'm don't not, you vote in the Canadian election, Dad? Not a resident. I don't think I can because I would not have an address to list my vote under. Yeah, you wouldn't be enumerated, I don't think. Yeah. And 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 you're right. There there is a line that all the parties tow, but it's just what side of the line do you line yourself up with, and that's kind of where you put your. But vote. even even the politicians don't follow that line anymore. I mean, there's more crossing the floor going on. The moment someone doesn't want to tow party line, yeah, they'll walk. So yeah, really, those those lines are just. Uh, if I could use this, they're they're a little blurred now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They're uh, at least in the U.S. They're more pronounced than ever. right. And it's not. It's yeah. It's crazy it, and reasonable, the, right? That's the, not the yeah. It's the the sad truth is, um, you look at your your pro life, your pro gun. Or, or, you know, um, you can say Republican. It's okay. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just, I'm not using them as Republican. I'm just saying you look at your gun uh, control one side or the other, and your abortion, women's right to choose one side or the other, and um, because these are flashy news things, um, you know, these are the things that the party toes, and this is what most people base their opinion on. So it doesn't matter if you're, uh, let's say, a um, a guy who works on an oil rig in Louisiana, um, and you know somebody from one party, somebody from the Democratic side, is going to be great for your industry. If you, as that oil rigger, are um, pro pro gun, you're you're voting Republican, mm. and it, it doesn't matter what else. And what, you know, or anything else that can happen um, that would affect your life. Those are the main issues that, um, you know, people vote on. It's, it's, it's true. I, it's, it amazes me as a Canadian to watch the American politics and you see how many Americans vote emotionally as opposed to what would be in their own best economical interest. Same thing happens here. Same thing happens in Canada. Absolutely. See, now you're crushing my dreams, because I always said that if it got really bad, I would move to Canada. Well, now we can switch over to Canadian politics, which, will, which will probably be a five-minute discussion. <laughs> 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 I, the one thing I will say that if Trump does get elected, though, it'll be nice, because like if you look at the presidents, they do go for full eight terms. Their hair usually gets white and falls out, and it would be nice to see that, you know, that kind of elected. Glued on hair can't fall out. Well, he could, oh, he could go for the Lex Luthor look. Ooh, President yeah. Luthor, that'd be scary. There you go. How do you, <laughs> you know he's not Iron Man. <laughs> They'll call him old blue lips. <laughs> so Canadian politics, we've got an election coming up. Um, I really don't know what to say about it, because, like, I've already ranted on this about PWB, how, like, I really hate how our system is we don't vote for our prime minister. We just vote for a party, yep. and then the party picks the guy that runs the country. Agreed. Basically. Yep. Which and the is, other thing... Nope, if it worked. It was fine. It would be fine if it works, but it doesn't work like I had said earlier. I don't know if you're going to cut that in, but, you know, we vote for the constituent in our area that, that we believed in, right? He, like we were saying earlier, it's in line with what I want to see for a politician in my area, and he believes what I want to believe, and he's against what I'm against. So that's for the people, by the people. 
And when Malrui wanted to bring in the GST and these constituents went to Ottawa and they voted against it, he kicked them out of the party, which just blew me away. That, like, that's not politics anymore. That's, like, that's communist. But that's you do as I say or you're up. But, you know, I think a lot of people vote for the brand. So, for example, if you want to oh. vote for the prime minister, your member of parliament in your region may be a total tool. He may not represent or she may not represent your uh, community very well at all. But if you want the Harper government, then that's, that's what you're voting for. That's what I'm saying. I always looked at my local. I did not look at who was going to win if I vote for him. Because it doesn't, at the end of the day, Dave, right, from a Canadian perspective, the prime minister is voted in after the Ontario uh, is closed and counted. And as they move west, we always we found out who the prime minister was as soon as our polls closed because the numbers were already in from Quebec and Ontario. And the, normally, almost 100% of the time, they already knew who was going to be the next prime minister. We, From Manitoba on, we didn't even have to vote because it had no sway whatsoever. Normally. I'm not saying there hasn't been times where that's changed. But. And, and that's where it... The system does allow you to vote for uh, a different party than who may get into power. I'm not saying this is the case for myself, but let's say if I had an NDP representative here that I knew or felt was going to do the best for my community, I know he's probably not going to get, you know, there's not going to be an NDP prime minister. I may vote for that NDP MLA too. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yep. I always looked at who, who was in my area, not who the prime minister running was. Because like, like you said, you know, that's what you want representing you because you know that they believe what you want them or they have your beliefs from a political standpoint. The other thing, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so how much of it is, I mean, obviously, um, you know, getting a say in the larger government is important, but how much of it is or isn't based on what your representative can do for your area? Well, uh, much like the states, I mean, every state has its own legislation and laws that it can enact and follow. Same in Canada, the provinces for every province have a fair bit of power for its own province. So I think, uh, you know, they, they, if you have someone in power for your neighborhood or your area, they can do quite a bit for you versus what might be happening federally. Right. Okay. There, there is a huge, separation between what we do in the provinces and what goes on federally definitely uh i mean uh we don't have to look any farther than uh the country uh, the province of quebec um it's uh radically different than the rest of the country far uh, in my opinion far more uh socialist if you will But they've really, they've kind of slowed down on the whole separating thing, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they're trying to fan the flames, but it, as a province, uh, it definitely stands alone as a, a much more European uh, style of government. Uh, sure, there's a lot of corruption, uh, as there is in, in probably most provinces, but... 
their their style of governance is very different to let's say Ontario or BC or Alberta. They're they're all arts. They're all about the you know building a distinct society and right. Well, I right. I think the average person in Quebec is not so worried about building a distinct society or separation or being more like France. I think the average person is more worried about uh, the fact, you know, daycare, schools, those type of things. I most of the most of the individuals that I know are, you know, up in arms day in, day out about taxes and corruption and the same things everyone else is in the country. And the the whole separation part of it and the whole uh, language part of it, it really takes a backseat in a lot of cases. But there still are thousands and thousands in the province that will vote based on the separatist issue. Yeah, I... Not as I mean, it's not the '90s anymore, but there there are some that still will. It's, it's still an issue for some. Yeah, and uh, I think a majority of the native population living in uh, the province of Quebec would love to have them separate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have great business. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, it's so stupid because it's such a small population that's driving this. I because I. When I was at Nortel, I used to deal a lot with manufacturers in Quebec, and we would talk with people there, and they they said it's it's a it's like twenty something thousand of all of the uh, uh, Quebec's population was the one driving the separation, and they're the ones that continually went to vote and whatever else, and they would never win if everybody in the province would actually vote. But it came so damn close that last time. Yep. It just showed you that you know not. Everybody goes, it's not going to happen, so I, why bother go vote? I don't have to worry about it. Imagine if it did happen, what you'd say. And that, that's, that's exactly how the wrong person gets in power. It doesn't matter what side of the, uh, the border you're on. If you don't go out and vote, then, yeah, it can happen. One vote can literally make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. George yes. Bush. Well, <laughs> or get your brother to rig the election. How about you? Oh, Jeb. <laughs> For the Canadians on, what do you guys think about uh, maybe Canadian system going to something like the American system such that um, a prime minister could only serve two terms? Unlike how it is now, I mean, if everybody voted for Harper, Harper could be president until he, or prime minister, excuse me, until he was. No, back. you got it right the first time, president, <laughs> president Harper. <laughs> oh Lord, I, uh, I I like that idea. I, I don't like that we can have one one guy run forever. Yeah, yeah agreed. You but know, flip like, side, that you that's why he he ran this election is because uh, I believe he had uh, was it NDP was gaining. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really getting anything done, so he's trying to sway it so he can get more conservative seats in Parliament. But devil's advocate, let's say mm-hmm. um, he's good. You know, just like let's say like Klein. Klein stayed in until he finally retired as um, provincial. Uh, what do they call him? Uh, Premier, Premier, provincial. Premier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
let's say Harper's that same way, and you can see that, right? He's doing good for the country, or the country's turning around, or whatever, and you boot him out, and all of a sudden the guy that's in there is just a jack wagon and starts spending money and doing stupid stuff, and before you know it, the country's in a hole again. You're watching your kids growing up into that. And no, that's a, about it. no, that's a fair argument. Uh, my counter-argument to that would be you can still vote that party back in, so much of their policies and, and the decisions decisions and choices they're making might stay the same but you know with every prime minister he has his cronies and people in place and if you look back at say Chrétien I mean he got ousted the country did well and, and people like a lot of things that happened but there were so many guys embedded for so many years that were under him and that's where the corruption starts to come into play yep yeah absolutely well but you know it, it sorry go ahead I was gonna say using the American model though um, even the, 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 the senators, um, you know, the, I mean, the, the reason term limits are not necessarily a deterrent for corruption is because if you get a senator with a two-term, three-term deal, whatever, you know, it should be or, you know, people want to change it to, and the same in, in Congress, um, the corruption just happens at a much faster rate because the... You know, whoever's there wants, I don't know, so-and-so to be the head appropriations for the military budget. So in order to get uh, that seat back for whatever party, um, it doesn't matter that there's another influx of newer, fresher blood. People are just going to, you know, wheel and deal their way to the the committees they want to be on. Uh, as opposed to being someone who wheeled and dealed for 10 years and sat on that committee for, you know, the next 30 until they basically die. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the corruption just happens at a much faster rate. Yeah, so, fair yeah, enough. Good point. But isn't it only president that has the limited terms? You know, is it, and, you know, with senators and governors, as long as you're voted in, you can be there for as long as you're voted in. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, you know, maybe wrong, that, but... if, if, if you could change that, maybe that would alleviate that to some degree? Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, uh, you say politics, and you show me politics without corruption, and yeah. I will show you right. something that's not politics. Yeah, right. exactly. You show me power without corruption. You get that many you know, lawyers many in one place, people. it's bound to go bad. <laughs> well, look at, the whole, look at the whole gun issue. The gun laws will never change in the states because of, of, of how tight the lobby groups have on them. Which is laughable because the even even the small victories is, you know, um, you know, trying to ban assault rifles. But yeah, uh, really? Like you're you're gonna defend your home against uh, a barbarian horde because <laughs> there's roving bands of barbarian <laughs> hey. hordes? And you know, automatic weapon? the Queen of England no. could sail a bunch of ships back there, oh. you know. It could happen. <laughs> you would want to be the guy. For Obama's coming for your home. <laughs> it, just, it just makes me sad because, like, like, literally how many more people need to die in these in, in shootings before something something happens, something changes. Well, we could also talk about the role. And, and maybe more so in the states than here but you know we're just as guilty of it the role the media plays in politicizing issues i mean uh, 
a lot of the reason why the gun laws can't change is because it's almost impossible. And, and not just gun laws, a lot of laws are impossible to have an open discussion of both sides because both sides have their point. But it, the media is able to hit hot buttons and make it emotional rather than having an open logical discussion about it that it just breaks down and then it's almost impossible to have change happen because it either has to be this side or that side. There's no middle ground. Yeah, well, media, that's... Media can yeah. switch whichever they want. Well, the but, media, yeah, media well, is the, the, the most ridiculous thing that's happening currently, I, I think, in the world is how much you can swing something just by how you portray but it. But what's the alternative? Well, the, 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 I don't think they're... I mean, the alternative is that um, you, you, you come out with some way to remove the um, political ties in media. Um, but, you know, I, well, I mean, gra granted, the biggest, I, one of the biggest networks in the U.S. is Fox. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's that, that's just like watching, um, you know, make up our own stories, be, you know. To, to, the entertainment you know. network with occasional news broadcasts. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I guess the whole thing is there's really no place for open dialogue even on whatever you would consider a neutral channel because right. they're always going to pull the hot button issues that are emotional because that's better for ratings and nobody Absolutely. cares about an, an, uh, an, you know, an academic, um, you know, well thought out platform because it's not quite as catchy as don't take my guns or please take their guns <laughs> it's well and that's just it i mean that's how the argument always breaks down you know one person says look at these mass shootings we need gun control uh, you know we need laws we have to do something about this and then the next person says oh no no that can't happen because they're taking our guns and we'll be all alone and the, the government's gonna get us and, and there's no there's no meeting in the middle what is the middle though I mean, there's the, that's the problem is there's an argument for that on both sides. That I could have been prevented if I could have protect myself. That could have been prevented if that person had no way of getting a gun. Well, we all know both sides have the ability to get a gun some way, somehow. It's, there's always a black market somewhere you can get this shit, and that's a problem. That's so a bad argument, though. You'll never that, prevent it. You won't prevent everything. You, you're exactly. right. But I'm you're saying. making a slippery slope argument saying we can't enact gun legislation because if you do, someone could still get a gun somehow. They'll figure it out. Therefore, we should do nothing. I didn't well, make that's payment. a bad argument. I, I well, wasn't making an argument. I said you have both sides of that story. There, there's, there's two things, and I don't know. I really wish I could give credit to whoever said this, and it, I, I really have no idea, but I saw it on Twitter not too long ago, which was. Uh, one failed shoe bomb attempt, and we all have to remove our shoes at the airport. Uh, mass shootings, don't take my guns. Hmm. And the, the hypocrisy yeah. of those two statements yes. is the reason that there, that I can tell you there is no middle ground, which is the worst part. You're either left or you're right. Yeah. There is, no, or you're disinterested, um, or you can't vote, or you're dead. There is, there's never, there isn't really a middle ground at all anymore. And you can say the same thing with what's happening with with the police versus race. You know, it's it's you're either for the black people 
or you're and against policemen. Or you're yeah. for policemen and you're against black people. Why can't we just be for people? <laughs> Why can't we just have a discussion about that there may be systemic problems within the way that the police force operates that could be addressed so that we could improve the way things are done? Because okay. there's no ratings in that discussion. Absolutely. Like none. <laughs> but it's unfortunate because now it's the whole country that's going to suffer because it's this side or that side, and therefore nothing changes. And, and frankly, yep. we all believe our TVs. We, oh, we yeah. watch our TVs, we watch the news, and whether we are sitting there shaking our heads at the Fox News story or we're glued to the events as they're unfolding live on CNN, we are forming opinions. So, you know, I'm really echoing what everyone is saying, but it it's the only system we have. And unless you want to go out and get your news exclusively online from non-traditional sources, i.e., uh, buddy guys survivalist uh, website we're pretty much stuck with it so if if you can engage your mind much as I, I believe everyone in this forum has then you're you're more than welcome to discern the the uh, chaff from the wheat if you will, in everything we're getting in the media. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone does that. And I think that's where the, the largest problem lies. Doug, I think the, the thing that's the scariest thing on what you just hit on is that uh, because the American media platforms as they are have more reach than anything else as far as the rest of the world is concerned mm. you're you're starting to see these um polarizing political uh propaganda pushing i don't have any more peace <laughs> thing um, uh, networks start these these networks start to creep up in other parts of the world and and, and our export of you know the right-wing box station or whatever you want to say is left and you know, that, that is becoming one of our exports mm -hmm. to the rest of the world. And th that's not necessarily, I mean, that's, it's a horrible thing. Um, but that's what people are, you know, piling on. They're like, oh, well, you know, this works for them. So I'm going to put all my money into a television station that's going to be my propaganda machine and I'm going to get my way. And it, it's just a horrible export. Okay. Who's? Oh, okay. I thought you were made a trip to the potty See? there. <laughs> Somebody's pouring himself a slug. Is that you, Dave? No, no, I'm. Uh... No, I just poured a bullet. Oh, nice. But you know, like if you look statistically, instead of emotionally, statistically speaking, the amount of Americans who own a gun, and that did blow me away when I moved to Texas. That yes, everybody I know in my office does have a gun, and most of them have them on them in their car. Well, you're in Texas, so the percentages is even higher. I know, and yet <laughs> I have yet to hear of, you know, when you think of the percentages of things that happen to the amount of guns that people own, uh, 
you know, to, to say that it's a high risk, I don't, you know, almost have to not agree with it. I never, like, nothing happens around here. I'll tell you that. But you know what? I you think can... Texas has a, has a much, <laughs> Texas has a much better, um, gun education system, though. Oh, definitely. They're teaching, like, I talked to these guys at work and they got their kids seven, eight years old out in the range and teach right from when they're young how to properly handle a gun and to respect it, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? It's the, um, it, it, I mean, it goes back to the earlier, uh, talk about Trump and, and fixing the economy. And I mean, every, the, the biggest cliche in politics is that education is the silver bullet, but education is the silver bullet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in most things. Well, if everybody was properly educated, I use that carefully, then when you're watching Fox News, you could call bullshit, or you could start thinking, you know, there's something wrong with this story. I'm going to do a little bit of investigation. Instead of just believing everything you see, watch, and hear, you know, that your spidey sense should be tingling and going, whoa, that's, that's not right. <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of people out there don't have that ability. They, you know, they believe. The media is telling the truth as far as they're concerned. The media would never lie to them. And and really, we've all been spoon-fed that for certainly as long as I can remember. Because back, you know, back in the 80s, how else did you get your information on the news? And these were trusted, quote-unquote, experts that we're giving us the straight goods because, well, what would be their motivation to twist or alter a story? You're, you're absolutely right. That started back in the movies because there was no TV, radio, in households. People would go to movies to actually learn the news. They had, I believe, they had the news up front before the movie would even what, start. What, 80s? Yep. I don't remember that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, in 1944? So, you know, from, you know, our parents and our grandparents, you're right. I mean, they, that was your source of information. And then as newsprint came out and then radio, et cetera. But now it's, now it's a business. It's not trying to do the right thing to inform people anymore. It's like, what's going to make the most money on our commercials and what's going to bring people our ratings up? Yeah. And, you know, the scariest part is, I mean, we talk about education and I, I guess I can thank my parents for being good parents, but I was always told there were two sides to every story. Yep. So uh, in in this country, what that means is you have to watch two different newscasts and you have to read two different newspapers. Yep. And even then, the stories are so different. vastly different, you're not quite sure you're actually getting two sides to the same story. Yeah. I was told there's three sides to every story. The first person, the second person, and the truth. <laughs> and, and you're right about that. If if yeah. you if you wrote down a newscast, like as you're watching the news, if you wrote down everything they said and you parsed through it, in an hour-long news broad, broadcast, there's probably three and a half minutes of actual news information. And the rest is color and uh, unnecessary bits. Are you, are you racist? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, what I really hate is when the media outlet that you're listening to turns 
items about themselves into quasi-news. Usually, you know, when a reporter becomes part of the story or gets quote-unquote embedded in the story, or they add their little comments in at the end of the story, oh, that's just disturbing or whatever. It's like, stay the hell out of it. Report the facts. And unfortunately, the facts usually aren't too sexy. Yeah. You, yeah, I mean, again, now it's, everything's about um, being theatrical. It's it's about selling, selling your show. It's because we've been, we're all Hollywooded. I don't know how else to put it, right? We're, we're all, I mean, look how many people watch, um, like American Idol or America Has Talent, and and it's put on as a as a friggin' theatrical show. Well, I I can't watch it. I don't like it. Really, they report very little news in those shows. <laughs> That's right. You'll get more off the ticker off the bottom than you will watching what they're talking about on the screen. Yeah. Well, it's the, uh, the, the, the Malcolm quote from Jurassic Park. Uh, you were so preoccupied with whether you could, you were, you, you didn't stop to think whether sure, you should. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, the, 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 the problem being that the editors that approve these stories have their, you know, are, are aware of their being in propaganda machines, whether they are, uh, you know, know it or they're oblivious to it so there is no one to go should you say this um it's just how much can we say and uh, let's get it out there yeah it's uh i mean it's yeah it's all gone for shit anyway well we uh we touched on quite a lot of politics i didn't know if we could turn this into an hour discussion we did absolutely or you can go even deeper if we wanted we're all being very gentlemanly <laughs> yeah well well that's the thing we've got two countries at the table here with somewhat uh similar political systems somewhat similar political issues and i i think we've managed to uh not offend too many people well bringing the issues as we see them to light so i applaud yeah. you all Thank you. And, and that's you. Is, that is the glorious part of the Inglorious Yes. Trends, but I think, but <laughs> here, here. I think everyone here believes in a, in a democratic system in such that you vote for the people, by the people, by the people, for the people. You vote the person that's going to represent you because you believe they believe in what your needs and wants are. Oh, I didn't. And then it goes out from there as it filters up, up and up, you know, like. To the upper level offices like prime minister and president. Well, I didn't tell you I'm a communist, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's a communist. That douche lingerie. (laughs) The proletariat. All right, what was the next topic, baby? Uh, Well, to switch gears away from something so serious. Oh, I can sit down and relax. <laughs> yes, sit, Chris. <laughs> okay, get off, get I'm off a... your soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, My I'm... wife's a poli, poli sci major. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this, 
this is regular conversation. She screams at the TV regularly. Oh, she'd be an interesting one to talk to, man. We really got to get her podcasting. My wife screams. Oh, you said TV, sorry. I don't want to hear it. I don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Stranger Cons here and, and maybe bring up the Grant Markamy question. Uh, if you could only keep two possessions, not being people, family members, pets, what would they be? My willy. <laughs> or body parts. <laughs> <laughs> two material <Damn> possessions. <laughs> you mean, uh, like something that would cost you money. Not necessarily. It could be sentimental or... So not people, family members, that kind of thing, but material possessions. Material possessions. Nothing that has a soul. (laughs) If you believe in that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've got got two. All right. Let's start with you. uh... Okay, uh, I would keep my guitar. Uh, one, One of them, anyways. And my bed. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I, I couldn't live without a bed. My wife reads these, you know, historical romance novels, and she romanticizes about the old days and why couldn't men be chivalrous like that? And like you wouldn't last five minutes a hundred years ago. <laughs> you getting laid down on a bed of hay, you would have been out of there. All right, Dave, what about you? Dave? Hey there. Sorry, I had to... I, I tried... I, I remembered what two of mine were, but I had to go get one of them. You're holding her now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does uh, she have an electric pump, or do you have to... <laughs> no, dude, it's, it's just a melon with a hole. <laughs> Old school on it. I just take take a watermelon, punch a hole in it, put it in the microwave for two minutes. And, Ooh. And Have you seen those sex doll robots they're working on in Japan? Who well, needs that? There have been ones in Sweden that blow your socks off. And probably other things. I keep my house. <laughs> That's one. With everything in it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I would I would keep two things. Uh, first is, uh, Dad, you graduated university and you had this uh, this UFC with Moses holding a gear. The Ten Commandments. I designed this. I designed that for our, our shirts because I was the president of the Mechanical Engineering Students Society. So we came up with that design that year. Yeah, it was uh, Moses on the hill holding up two gears, and it said, uh, I can't remember what it said anymore. What did it say, dude? Uh, I can dig it out, but uh, you just had a, you had a bunch of like engineering ten, the ten commandments. That was it. That's what it was. The ten commandments, and so on the back we had. Oh, actually, hang on. Yeah, I do have it in my closet. Still have that thing because that's that's one of the things that I've never been able to part with is your university hoodie, and I always vowed to myself that if I graduated university, I would wear it. Emotional. <laughs> so your your ten commandments was uh, know thy game of foosball. Yeah, I don't know if people because you know it was based on our university, our you know what we did. But go ahead. Uh, acquire roadmaps from the elders. 
live on beer alone. Copy uh, thy smarter neighbor's material. Uh, not have a wife. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Choking at least one course a semester. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, help thy curve by writing poor exams. Good one. Uh, participate in win in engineering week. Yes, we did. Uh, learn and chant thy engineering song. Yeah, we had an engineering song. And then earn uh, thy sacramental ring of iron. Yeah, that's a Canadian thing. But yes, yeah, those were pretty good, actually. And I've, I've kept it this whole time. Uh, last thing I would keep is uh, I'm a big book guy. And uh, one thing in my collection is uh, actually the only thing I have from Grandpa is uh, his book of Shakespeare that has all the complete works and sonnets in it from the 70s, maybe older, the 50s. Uh, was it signed by Shakespeare? <laughs> yes, signed by Shakespeare. His name was Mr. Spear, and he had epileptics. Uh, uh, whatever. He had, what's that? Where you shake? Epilepsy? Tourette's? You know, where your handshake. Uh, Parkinson's? Yeah, Parkinson's. Mr. Spear had Parkinson's, so it was signed by Shakespeare. That would be Shaky Spear, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the only thing I have from Grandpa. And, uh, he didn't you find, you asked Kathy about the poems that he wrote. I talked to her and she was going to give them to you. I have not yet. Because remember, we were going to start reading them on Diamond Mines. I'll have to remind her when she gets back. Yeah. I would love to do that because my dad was quite a poet. Um, what's my second piece? That's why I thought of my house because my house is basically everything I own. If non-human, non-soul. an engineer, the way you think. Unblood thumping. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's got all my... If, if I can get my house with everything in it. If I were, if I, it had to come down to like an object, I don't know what I would do. It's just too, you know, as you get older, have all these keepsakes and whatever. Just how do you pick one? Oh, you favor him more than you favor me. <laughs> so you're saying I'm the favorite son? No, I'm the favorite son. Uh, does anyone have one while Dad's thinking? Who haven't we done yet? We have done Doug? I would keep, let's see, my wallet and my cell phone. The cell phone? Why the cell phone? Because uh, I almost never use it for a phone, but it's a great computer. He's an answer. Okay. All right. How about you, Mr. Palmer? Uh, I, I think I would definitely keep my computer. Um... I almost went with phone too, but I, I, um, uh, I, I definitely prefer uh, a full keyboard. Um, and the second one, um, I, I think I would almost have to uh, keep one of my guitars. I guess if if push came to shove. Music is a key. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean if if. That's what I was thinking. If I were had to pick, I'd probably bring my piano with me because my drum's electric. So there's no. Is, is this because we're going to an island with no power? Because then their computers are useless too. Whereas my piano, I don't need power. Well, if we're going to an island, I'm getting uh, my laptop and a solar-powered generator router. That will charge it. Yeah, if it if it's an island, I'm changing my answer to a knife and a bottle of lube. 
<laughs> if it's an island, I'm changing my answer to the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Did you ever hear about the, the you guys that were stuck on the island, the Canadian, the American, the Mexican? And uh, they kicked their hand. One guy was kicking his feet in the sand. All of a sudden, this lantern appears. He goes, ooh, I wonder if it's true if we rob it. So he robs it, and the genie appears. And he says, yeah, you each get one wish. Three wishes total, one wish each. So, of course, the Canadian says, oh, I want to go back home. He's gone. So the American looks and goes, damn straight, I want to go back home too. He's gone. So they look at the Mexican and says, what do you think? And says, oh, you know what? I kind of miss those two guys. I wish they were back. <laughs> Is that a true story? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> Somebody, I wasn't picking on Mexicans. Uh, usually we use something else. I should have used a Frenchman, French-Canadian. That's what I should have oh, Yeah, but then oh, it would have been too. This guy, this guy at work, he says, hey, I know how to speak French. I said, really? Oh, well, tell me something. He goes, ha, ha, ha. You breadstick? Speaking French, ha, ha, ha. Anyways, uh, last, uh, where are we? Oh, yeah, so uh, piano. Take my piano. So I don't play guitar. But I guess I could bring a guitar too, because I would have something that I could learn. Why not bring a mouth organ? Um, you said nothing. To me. <laughs> <laughs> Last topic of the evening: What do you guys do to relax? Bring back to the mouth organ. <laughs> I mentioned the knife and a bottle of lube, right? <laughs> but you know what's better than uh, roses on a piano? Tulips on an organ. Man, these are old, old, old. Uh, relax. Yes, definitely. To me, there's nothing better than saying being with someone that you really like being with. Like, say, when David comes to visit and you pour a nice drink of something good, like good scotch and having a very tasty cigar I'm, I can't think of nothing that would just be yeah it's good or a good book nice Dave I'd have to go with books definitely books books are writing being creative in that sort of sense even podcasting it's a good way to relax playing the piano playing the drums sounds like awful busy uh, amount of things for relaxing Oh, doing math is fun too. If you get some really good problems, my dad spends his Friday cheap, night. cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, douche? I think bullshitting with friends, whether it be on mic or whether it be in person, and uh, video games. Those are my two uh, relaxation points. Okay, Mr. Chris? Uh, video games as well. Uh, I find them. I'm not much of a TV watcher. Um, and, and as long as all these activities include having a nice glass of scotch. Um, and yeah, and, and playing my guitar. Uh, I definitely do that to sort of just unplug and get away for a bit. Okay, Mr. Palmer? I, uh, I think I have to go with reading a good book or, uh, you know, relatively interesting book um that's that's about it everything else uh, i've turned into work um to an extent i 
play video games to review them. I watch movies to review them and write about them and stuff. So, you know, reading is probably the one thing I've left alone. Yeah, I read every night before bed because that's exactly what it does. It turns my mind off from the day and um, I read until I start falling asleep and then I just pass out. Now, do you... uh, can, uh, digital book or real? I can do either. It really doesn't bother me. I, I prefer books. I like books, but, uh, you know, because it was a new toy, I had to get, you know, the nook. And so I did download some digital books. And every time I go to, to go, you, like, I'm almost done a book. Okay, I'm going to go into it. Someone will, like, Christmas or my birthday or something, they'll buy me books. And I'll go, oh, crap. Okay, well, I'm going to read the books before I go <laughs> back. So I've yet to pick, I've had it a year, and I've yet to read a book out of it. Because See, I, yeah, I uh, I have one. Uh, I, I attempted to use it. Um, I think I've read a few, like, Kindle-only books. But for me, for the most part, I stare at a screen all day. So... If when I read before bed, it's it's a physical book just to not see digital pixelation in front of me. Yeah. Well, I did like when I did have my old Nook. Um, when I used it, what's really cool about it is if there's a word you don't know, you just hit it. It'll give you the definition. That I thought was cool. You don't have to have a dictionary or whatever, right? So, um, I like that. I like that part. Of it. You can't do digital. I've said this before many times. It's got to be paper. Eventually, you know, it's you've got to get used to it because I could see it. I could see it going all digital. It'll just more and more go digital. I mean, obviously, it's not because it's been out for a while and you still see a ton of books for sale at Costco or wherever else. But I bet you eventually the costs it'll go one way or another. The cost will become. They'll keep making it reasonable so you'll keep buying books or they'll make it the other way where it's so expensive forcing you to go digital. Because that's usually how it goes, right? Usually uh, the market tells you what you're going to do. You don't get a choice unless you got lots of money. Well, I mean, CDs still exist and vinyl came back, so... Yeah, I can't believe vinyl is coming back. I got like a hundred records. I got to pull those out. Well, gentlemen, I'm afraid I must bid you good evening. Well, we can end it there. Need your tips. Uh, clean your tip. That's the tips. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> my, t- Five my, Give a tip. my tip is if you sit on your hand long enough, it'll fall asleep. So that way, when you masturbate, it'll feel like somebody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> The Stranger, as it's called. <laughs> exactly. My tip of the week is uh, talk about online dating on podcasts. Some people will give you loads and loads of opinion on what to do. But the consensus is, if you meet a girl or a guy online, go to coffee first. Don't take them out to dinner. And then sit on your hand until <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can keep this looping around. Yes, yes, yes. Who's next? Did Chris go? No. Um, my tip this week would be man who loses key to girlfriend's apartment gets no new key. Ooh. <laughs> and then you're stuck sitting on your hand until it falls. Hand. Down. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to say uh, learn from your mistakes. Don't hide or or make excuses for mistakes. Instead, learn from them. So, Dave, go out and vote. I'm voting. I will vote. It's my first time voting. That's what I'm proud. Do it. Just do it. Do it. What about you? Do it. What about you, Palmer? Uh, my my tip is uh, tweet as if your mother is watching. Ooh, Ooh, can't do that. that. <laughs> Don't ruin it for us. Come on. <laughs> is, you ever, is your mother Those follow lines. you on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the seven hours it would take me to explain Twitter to my mother, let alone have her read anything I tweet. Have you ever seen those ones where the, the spell check has changed it? You know, the kid's talking, or mother's talking about meatloaf yep. or something. And he says, uh, I can hardly wait to eat your meat or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was rude that. I can't remember I said it. And then she didn't reply back, and he goes, oh, damn, spell check, I'm sorry. And then the next one goes, Mom, with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, some of them were just hilarious. Anyway. Well, this has been another episode of the uh, Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. I'd, I'd like to thank Gary Palmer and Chris for coming on the show. It's, it's been yeah. wondrous. Yes. You should come back, hopefully, in the future. So I'd love or to. Up. Thank you so much. Sure thing. It was a blast. All right. Thanks, gents. So, rocks a lot. Give us silence. Yeah. Hey, I could always play my other song, my roller. I don't think Palmer heard this one. You can always fill it in with uh, rocks a lot. Ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. I wish I could chuck back that beer, my friend. You could pour me some more of that Molson Canadian. <laughs> you do not want me to puke again. I would understand. I would understand. Molson Canadian. Angry Orchard is a bit too insane. Slushes give me that freezy pain. You know you shoot tequila. You're the first to fade. You're way too gay. You're a lightweight pussy in every way. <laughs> some more of that Bombay. <laughs> well, everyone's down for a Grand Marnier. <laughs> What's that? Put that scotch away. I wish you would step back from that Jameson. You could cut ties with all the gyms that you've been binging. And if you do not want me to puke again, I would understand. I would understand. Well, pong's on the table, the beers are flowing, and I do not think my liver's knowing that I'm trying to kill it again. <laughs> and my friends have passed out, you've been pissed, I never thought it would come to this, and I want you to know everyone is face down on the floor, <laughs> nature day. You could put that paps away. I wish you Ooh, stick it to the paps. You could cut rye with all the limes that you've been refrigerating. And if you do not want 
me to puke again. <laughs> I would understand. I would understand. I would understand. Big finish. Hey. Beautiful. <laughs>